Shall we begin? Let's begin now. We do want to give some tips, too, for how to avoid self-plagiarism. Welcome to WriteCast, a casual conversation for serious writers. I'm Brittany Kalman-Arneson. And I'm Beth Nastachowski. In this episode, which is actually our 30th episode of WriteCast. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I'm very excited. We will be talking about self-plagiarism, what it is, why it's an issue, and how to avoid it. Well, Beth, I'm going to let you define self-plagiarism for us. What is it? Yeah. Okay. So let's start with what is self-plagiarism? Self-plagiarism is is when... Um, it's a complex topic, actually. It seems like it should be straightforward, but it, there are some nuances to it. Yeah. I'm going to start by kind of zooming out a little bit here and talk about what self-plagiarism is in publishing in general, not specifically at Walden, because that's really where self-plagiarism comes from. Mm-hmm. So self-plagiarism is just when an author is reusing older work and not citing that older work. And that becomes more of an issue for publications where maybe, Brittany, you published an amazing article in of course I did. 2010, of course, and now you're writing and you're referencing and using some of the same ideas and maybe even the same data and that kind of stuff, but you're not citing that older work. And the issue is kind of twofold there because first, that first 2010 article was published by someone and is now owned by someone and they make money off that. The journal makes money off your article Mm -hmm. by selling it to people who are interested in reading it, right? So if you aren't citing yourself in a previous work, you're kind of stealing sort of property, intellectual property from not just yourself but the publisher. The other issue can also be for readers, right? If they're reading your 2014 article and you're referring to information, but they can't go and verify that information because you didn't cite it, even though it's your own information, it originated with you in 2010, your reader needs to be able to follow those breadcrumbs back to that 2010 article so that they can verify the information you're referring to. So that's really where self-plagiarism comes from. And I think it's really helpful for students to think about why self-plagiarism is even something that APA mentions. Because it seems a little weird at first to think about it for students because while you're at Walden, your your writing and your ideas, they're all building off one another. And that's the whole purpose, right? Your first course should build on to your second course. And within each course, your assignments build on one, of an, one another. So it feels a little weird at first to think about self-plagiarism, but I think it's really helpful to think about where it originated from. I really like the idea of getting into it from the perspective of published work specifically, because you're right, that is where it originates from. And I think that's an important reminder, too, for us that the APA manual is the APA publication guide, publication manual. So while we're using at Walden those guidelines to apply to student work, which won't be published, right, all your coursework and so forth, it is designed, its primary audience really is people who are writing for publication. And so that whole self-plagiarism section in there and all of the rules that go along with that and guidelines have to do with, like you said, Beth, with intellectual property issues, with that kind of following the thread of ideas. Mm -hmm. And I think really what this goes back to is the fact that writing is a process, right? It's not just each individual product. And I think like you talked about those breadcrumbs, it's important for you to help your reader sort of see, well, and when I say you, I guess we're still now talking about published published authors. 
um, it's important for them to help their readers see that there was a process there, right? That some of these ideas came out in, in a publication before, and now they're coming out again, but they've maybe developed or changed or been refined in some way. And that helps enrich the reader's understanding of the development of those ideas over time. Yeah. And to kind of narrow our scope back in then, for Walden students, self-plagiarism, even though you're not publishing your discussion posts, your course papers, even a final paper for a course, even though you're not publishing those, it's still important to think about self-plagiarism because the whole purpose of our assignments and the learning that you're doing at Walden is to build upon what you're learning, but also to approach each each assignment sort of with a new perspective almost, Mm -hmm. I would say. So self-plagiarism at Walden can take the form of reusing a paragraph from a previous paper that fits into the current paper or wanting to reuse an entire paper that you know, you did it in a different course that really fits the assignment for this course. That's more where self-plagiarism comes into. There's less of an issue of needing to self-cite or citing previous ideas and things like that um, because that's just – it's not quite the same. It's not quite the same context. (laughs) So self-plagiarism usually happens at Walden in those cases where you're kind of copying and pasting or repeating or resubmitting paragraphs or entire pages or papers. And really, I liked your point, Brittany, about the writing as a process. And I think that becomes really important in how we think about why we can't just submit paragraphs or papers over and over again in courses. And and that's partly because the assignments that you're doing at Walden should be building your ideas. So you should be taking ideas from one course and applying them in a new context or mm-hmm. building on them or taking a new perspective so that you're constantly learning and challenging yourself, not just, you know, repeating what you did, but building and going beyond that, because that's the point of every course is to go beyond the previous course. Right. So when you talk about writing as a process, Brittany, I think that's also really important to think about because your learning is a process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk a lot about product as being kind of the the opposite of process. And I think too often, Walden students and students in general focus on, and we've talked about this in previous podcast episodes too, focus on their education as sort of a series of boxes to check. So a series of products to produce, right? Where it's like, okay, I have to produce this paper and check this box. I have to produce this paper and check this box or this assignment or whatever. And so if you think about it that way, then of course, it seems like you're going to kind of kill two birds with one stone if you can reuse some ideas or a paper here or there. I mean, there still are like ethical (laughs) questions about doing that. And you definitely shouldn't do that. But I mean, from that mindset, it sort of seems like that solves a problem for you as a student, perhaps. But really, what we're trying to emphasize is that that's not really what your educational journey is about. It's not just about checking boxes, at least if you want it to be as rich as it can be. Um, What we want it to be here at Walden is, as Beth was saying, something where you are developing ideas, where you're challenging your ideas, where you're sort of using. I mean, I think one of the coolest things that happened to me when I was in grad school and undergrad, I think this happened too, was if I would be learning something in one course that all of a sudden I could see how it related. I could like draw those connections to something I was learning in a completely different course that was basically unrelated in in its topic to the previous course. And, And that's really what this is about is that synthesis, right? That kind of bringing together of ideas and letting them simmer together until you start to make new ideas out of, out of those ideas that you're absorbing in your courses. Yeah. I I think that's a good point, too, if we think about learning as a process and students' degree programs as being a process, right? The same thing goes for writing. Writing is also a process. And 
While not always explicit in the directions or the rubric for your coursework, one of the purpose of writing an assignment, of completing an assignment, is not just the product, the final Mm -hmm. thing that you hand in to your instructor, but the process of writing that assignment. So going through the writing and researching process, developing your ideas, you know, using your critical thinking skills and practicing those critical thinking muscles because you can't develop those skills unless you really work at it and continue to use them. So I also want to emphasize, too, that even – you know, maybe you had a paper that you wrote for your last course and the assignment is just so similar and it fits really, really well. If you handed in that that assignment, potentially the product itself might fulfill the requirements of that assignment, mm-hmm. but you're missing the the process of writing the assignment that is really meant to serve you well, is meant to help you develop the skills that you're supposed to learn as part of your program too. So both learning is a process, but the writing and, and researching of a of a product is also part of that process. Yeah, that's such a great point. You're sort of cheating yourself in a way by doing something like that because you are missing out on that learning that happens through the process. And that learning is really, that's what you're paying for when you're getting a degree, right? Is that ability to flex those muscles and and build up those critical thinking muscles. Like you said, Beth, I like that metaphor a lot because I think it is really similar to like training for a race, right? You're not going to just jump in and run a marathon without doing the legwork first. And Um, No matter what Walden program you're in, you are building up to some culminating project of some kind, whether that be a dissertation or doctoral study or a capstone of some kind for a master's or undergraduate degree. And so you do want to make sure that you're doing all of that critical thinking sort of training throughout your courses before you you run the final race. Yeah. And and I want to point out here too, I feel like maybe what we're saying could could be seen as kind of being a little negative about it too. We're not trying to be negative. We really, I see this more as, um, I really see it as if you view assignments and the papers that you're writing, not as product, but as process, it's really empowering, I I think, because then you can take each assignment and really say, okay, I want to develop this skill because I know it's important for me to develop this skill. And I'm going to focus on, you know, X in this particular assignment that I'm writing. And to really embrace the process of writing that assignment um, as much as the final product is is really mm-hmm. – it's just empowering, I think, because it helps you understand why all that work is necessary. It's not – all the work that goes into writing, the process of writing, is is just as important as the product. So it can make it feel more valuable. Yeah. It's not something that's being imposed on you. It's actually something that you're sort of privileged to be able to do, I think. And I think that's a good point, that we maybe are taking a little bit of a negative tone – by accident. And I mean, really, what we hear the most from students when we discuss this topic with students or when we encounter this this issue with students is not like, well, why can't I reuse my past work? It's mm-hmm. quite the opposite. It's like, oh my gosh, how do I avoid? I heard self-plagiarism as a thing. I'm, you know, writing all this stuff all the time on all the same topic because I'm getting this degree that's in, you know, this particular field. How do I avoid self-plagiarism? And so we do want to give some tips, too, for how to avoid self-plagiarism. And I I think um, we do have some concrete tips here, but the sort of overarching message I think that's important here is to sort of engage with this topic with your colleagues, your classmates, and your instructor, um, and not be afraid, again, approaching it more as a process than than a product, not being afraid of breaking rules, but instead sort of... Like, for instance, let's say that you did have an assignment you'd written in a previous course that was really similar to an assignment that you are working on now. 
and you were wondering if maybe some maybe you developed a really interesting idea that you're really excited about in that previous paper and you want to use that again well that might not necessarily be out of the question it's just a matter of how you treat that right so maybe you take just that kernel of the idea and you expand it and you work work on it and you change it and you grow it that is actually participating in that critical thinking process But you want to be able to be really upfront with your instructor about doing that and say, hey, you know what, I I grabbed this from a previous paper. I want to make sure I'm not self-plagiarizing. Can we talk about this? And and I just want to be able to be straightforward about it because here's why I want to use it. And so that's really our first tip is to talk to your instructor and be open about what's going on instead of feeling like it's a taboo topic or Mm -hmm. it's, you know, off the table. Yeah, and we definitely don't mean to make this sound even more taboo either as we're talking about self-plagiarism because we talk about it a lot with students because we realize it's, it's yeah, you guys are busy. You have time constraints and you have a lot of assignments that you're doing as well as other responsibilities. So we totally get that. And your instructor gets that too. So it's really about being open and reaching out to your instructor and letting them know, hey, this is the question I have. I always, always suggest students are as, you know, transparent and communicative with their instructor as possible. Yep. Is communicative a word? I think so. Okay. We'll go with it. (laughs) Um, Then one other thing we wanted to mention here is sort of a caveat about assignments that are meant to be iterative. The purpose of those assignments are meant to be iterative or the writing process is meant to be iterative. And if you're not sure what I mean by that, that's okay. That's a very vague statement. But What I wanted to really emphasize here is that self-plagiarism isn't something that we're really – not that we're not concerned about, but the same sort of rules that we're talking about, about taking each draft anew or something like that, doesn't necessarily apply when we're talking about a master's thesis that you're working on throughout an entire course or a doctoral capstone study. So if you're writing Mm -hmm. your project study and you're working on that for, you know, a year or more, you don't need to cite yourself each time you go back and like revise it or something like that or submit it to your instructor or things like that. Those are documents that are meant to be worked on and revised and submitted to your instructor or your committee or your chair many, many times. So that's the place where we're not really too concerned about self-plagiarism in those kinds of documents or in a a class where, you know, you start writing paragraph one on week one and you add paragraphs in each week. And at the end of the course, you submit all the paragraphs as part of a completed paper, right? You don't need to self-cite, you know, cite yourself from week one or anything like that. So that's a quick-ish, quick-ish caveat that we wanted to add there as well. Again, I think this is the type of thing where if you're not quite sure if you should be self-citing, just bring it up with your instructor. And you can certainly ask a writing instructor from the Writing Center if you have a paper review appointment. I will say that a lot of times we'll just defer you back to your instructor because they're the expert on what they prefer. And because the APA manual's guidelines are designed for published work, there are some gray areas in terms of the way that different professors here at Walden sort of um, treat this issue. So it's always best to check with your your course instructor or your chair, depending on um, what your particular struggle or question is. Mm Mm-hmm. So that leads us into our last topic that we wanted to cover, and that's about avoiding self-plagiarism by self-citing. And that's what APA calls citing yourself. So citing a previous work, like we were mentioning, you know, Brittany wrote something in 2010. She's writing again, and so she wants to use something from that 2010 publication, and she cites herself. 
This is something that you can use to refer back to a previous paper or discussion post or something like that. But similar to reusing a paragraph or reusing a paper or page, I always recommend students ask their instructor if it's okay if they cite themselves. Some instructors really want students to avoid self-citations because they want them to use the research, right? The other research from other peer-reviewed sources rather than previous ideas. So that's one thing to note is that I think that's our main thing here, right? Talk to your instructor before you do this as well just to make sure it's okay and that they think it's an appropriate thing for that assignment. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like basically this episode is all about reaching out to your instructor if you have questions about self-plagiarism. But we do actually have some resources on our website as well. So if you go to our website and you search citing yourself in the search box, you will find our self-plagiarism resource. And that sort of lays out a lot of the things that we've been talking about today and sort of the whens and when not tos and, and that sort of thing. So do check that out as well. Thanks for sticking with us as we have this more sort of philosophical discussion about self-plagiarism today. I think it's really important for us to all sort of understand where these rules come from and sort of the reasoning behind them so that we can better understand the approach to take with this kind of stuff and, and the questions to ask as well. We are also still interested in hearing from you, our listeners, about topics or ideas for what you want us to talk about on the podcast. So please do reach out to us really in whatever way you feel most comfortable with, whether that's social media, via email, on our blog. We'd love to hear from you and we would love to record episodes about topics that are of interest to you. See you next time. WriteCast is a production of the Walden University Writing Center. This episode was produced by me, Brittany Kalman-Arneson my co-host Beth Nastachowski, and our colleague Ann Scheel.